0: what the hell's wrong with me? I don't get along with anybody, honestly. I've been living in my own head, constantly thoughts jumbled around, think I need a new lobotomy. Wait, all these thoughts are too negative. I don't want to get lost in the sedative. Gotta show them what I got, I'm competitive. You know I'm about to go off. I won't let them win. I'll take a stab, I want to chase the bag. I want to way I can change all the things I lack. I gotta face the facts, I gotta taste in that. Got me obsessed with the rest, I got an itch to scratch. Good evening. And welcome to the creepy little book. It's a show with a focus on the fringe and mysterious, everything from the esoteric to the extraterrestrial, the spiritual to the supernatural, and all that lies between. I'm your humble host, P. A a simple master of mysteries, an antiquary of the arcane, or perhaps a weirdo in the dark, I leave that in your capable hands, that's up for you to decide at the end of the night, but give me an hour, to regale you with tales that are strange and bold, to open your horizons, to dispel doubts, tonight's gonna be a good one too, we're talking about a ghost hunting. Spirits and specters, phantasms galore, and who's brave enough to face these things head on. Yeah. It's a long tradition, indeed, and one we will talk about tonight. But before we begin, allow me a moment to say thank you to our live chat moderator right here on YouTube, Tina Tamaszewski. Thank you, Tina. Thanks for holding it down in the chat for us. It's much appreciated. Thank you for your contribution to this community. Now listen, got a couple super chats coming in real quick. Going to get to those as soon as my music wraps up here. All right. It is the creepy little book. And I'm your host, Pete. And tonight's topic is the history of ghost hunting. So before we begin, let me get to these two super chats real fast here. One from Near Earth Oddity. Thank you, Near Earth Oddity. Much appreciation. Near Earth Oddity says, you are for sure my favorite weirdo in the dark, Pete. Especially when you sing it like Dio. Let us hear it. I'd ghost hunt with you anytime, brother. Well, thank you, Near Earth Oddity. And little Dio, what do you want to hear? Like a rainbow in the dark? A little something like that. D is not my strong suit, not my strong suit at all, but I do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Near Earth Oddity. And uh, we've got another one from Deranged Lunatic, a.k.a. DL for 99 cents and a hot diggity dog serving it up hot. Here's a hot dog. Thank you so much, Deranged Lunatic. Much appreciation. Thank you, Near Earth Oddity and Deranged Lunatic. Now, let me see something. Where is the creepy little block? Right here. Right here, right now write in my hands. Because when I get ideas, I got to jot them down. There's important things to write down. They must be written down immediately. So I must write. All right. Thank you. All right. So what's up, everybody? How you doing? Thank you for being here tonight. Much appreciation. Thank you for tuning in with us. As we talk about this tantalizing subject, the history of ghost hunting, it should be a fun one. And we do have fun here each and every night. If you're just joining us, if you're new to the J.D. program here, if you're new to the program, new to the show, what we do here each and every night at generally 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday, is delve into new mysteries, whether they be ancient magics or secret religions. Uh, you know, or as we are talking about tonight, the history of the paranormal investigation branch of study. That's what we do here. And that's what I hope to cap your, capture your imagination with and for. So thanks. I see a lot of people trickling in. Hey, what's up, Wookiee Supremacy? How do you do? Good to see you. Dana the Powerful here. Raquel, Super Saiyan Girl. Hello. me before 313 says, Pete, the world is sucking so badly. I want you to know how much I appreciate you. And this hour to be somewhere else for a minute or 60 it makes my mileage very Buck cherry. Well, thank you, Emu Before 313. I really do appreciate that. It's very kind of you. You know, I know the world seems like a dark and scary place for a lot of people. And, and it is in a lot of ways. But what I like about this, what I like about what we do here, is for an hour we dispel our beliefs in what's concrete. For an hour, we chase away the goblins of the world and look for the goblins of myth and folklore. So, thank you, Even Me Before Three One Three. If that's the sentiment that you're 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 given, and that's the one I definitely want out there, you know, I definitely want this to be a place where you can escape from the world and delve into the weird. You know, uh, I want that to be a refuge for people. So, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, another super chat coming in from Christina Gomez for $10. Thank you, Christina Gomez. Much appreciation. Very kind of you, Christina. is number one fan. Well, I, Christina, you, you are really the best. Thank you so much. Everybody, Christina Gomez, if you don't know by now, is like the hottest thing in UFOlogy at this moment. If you are not following her work on Paradigm Shifts, her show Mysteries of the History, then you are missing out on some hard-hitting interviews and some great content from the world of the weird. So go ahead and give her a sub. Let me make sure Tina drops that link in the chat. Uh, Christina Gomez is where it's at, everybody. Thank you, Christina. I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you. Thanks for being here tonight, too. I always, always good to see you. Bad comics reviews tuning in. Hey everybody. Hey, bad comics reviews. What's going on? Good to see you too. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Cosmic Yog Sagath of Dunwich Love Crafty and good to see you as well. Ginger Viking Jesus slipping in with a $5 super chat real fast. Ginger says, for $5, thank you, Ginger. Ghost hunting? Why hunt, Pete? Why not say hi to them over your right shoulder? They seem emphatic about getting your antediluvian attention, boss. Oh, Ginger Viking Jesus sneaking in the secret word. So if you're going to, have a sip of your soda pop. I stopped at Wendy's, uh, so I have a giant soda pop right now. It is a Coca-Cola, and it is delicious, because fountain soda is where it's at. Sorry, everybody. Fountain soda is where it's at. But thank you, Ginger Viking Jesus, and everybody. Please have a sip of your soda pop if you're playing the home game. Anyway, let's get down to it. So, ghost hunting, baby, ghost hunting is the process of investigating locations that are reported to be haunted by ghosts. Typically, a ghost hunting team will attempt to collect evidence supporting the existence of paranormal activity. Ghost hunters use a variety of electronic devices like EMF meters, digital thermometers, both handheld and static digital video cameras, including thermographic and night vision cameras, night vision goggles, as well as digital audio recorders. Other more traditional techniques are also used, such as conducting interviews and researching the history of alleged haunted sites. Ghost hunters may also refer to themselves as paranormal investigators. Ghost hunting has been heavily criticized for its dismissal of the scientific method, No scientific study has ever been able to confirm the existence of ghosts. The practice is considered a pseudoscience by the vast majority of educators, academics, science writers, and skeptics. Science historian Brian Regal describes ghost hunting as an unorganized exercise in futility. That's some harsh criticism. Harsh criticism for ghost hunters right there from the world of academia. But you know what? Before we get into the history, can I say what can you expect? What can you expect when people are going to be critical of ghost hunting? And that's why I'm not critical of ghost hunters because you're doing something, you're getting out there and doing it. You're putting your nose to the grindstone, you're out there in the world. You've got your meters, you've got your light readers, you've got your cameras at the ready. I respect it. I, for one, respect it. So get out there and hunt them ghosts. I want to see footage, I want to see evidence, I want to see photos. Explain to me the orbs, somebody. Ginger Viking Jesus points out to me right now that ghost hunters have also been using full-spectrum cameras, some with startling results. Well, that's something I'll have to look into, Ginger Viking Jesus, full-spectrum cameras, something that can pick up the unreadable to the human eye, the naked world that we can't see because it's imperceivable to us. The ultraviolet band rays. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine seeing as the animals see? Wow. That's right. See as the animals see. Sword of Omen. Give me sight beyond sight. So. Jesse Miller, the crow's nest hanging out. What's up, Jesse? How you doing? Who are you going to call? Pete? I'm going to call some Ghostbusters, because that's what we're talking about tonight, the history of ghostbusting. And, of course, academia is going to be critical of Ghostbusting. They're going to be critical of it. They're going to say it's not founded in the scientific method. But I contend, personally, that you cannot send science to do a magician's job. When we're dealing with something that can't be quantified by science because it exists outside of it, we're talking about something that breaks the bonds of the natural world. Spirits. Phantasmagoria here, baby. The spirit world. Weaving and overlapping everything in existence. Who knows how it works? But I don't rely on science to figure it out in a test tube. Cosmic Yogsagoth of Dunwich Lovecraftian. How do you do? How can we tell the difference between a ghost and a demon? Which ones are those? Poltergeists? This is a good question, Cosmic of Goth, of Dunwich Lovecraftian. You know, the difference between a ghost and a demon basically is this. A ghost is the spirit of a deceased human being. A demon never had corporeal life. A demon was never alive. A demon comes straight from the spirit world incorporeal, non-human intelligences that seek to invade and vex and possess us as a means to engage with this world and as a means to cause suffering and confusion. Demons have done this since time immemorial. We see this replete through the scriptures and, and accounts of demons exist in religions around the world and through history. There are exorcists going all the way back to shamanism and animism, I'm sure. So exorcism rights do exist for this purpose, but uh, but I think there is a difference, Cosmic Goth. and I think the difference has to do with whether one is a non-human intelligence or whether or not is uh, the spirit of a deceased person. So there we go. Uh, 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 oh. uh, let's see. <clears throat> Okay. Now, I just want to get caught up here. I think we're caught out, But I'm critical of science when it comes to their criticism of ghost hunting. It just seems to me it's it's not fair. You're, you're, You're talking apples and oranges. Anyway, paranormal research dates back to the 18th century where organizations such as the Society for Physical Research investigated spiritual matters. Physical researcher Harry Price published his Confessions of a Ghost Hunter in 1936. And the Society for Physical Research is still in uh, operation today. They are, uh, you know, invested in parapsychology. You can, they are in London. They are a nonprofit organization in the UK to understand events and abilities commonly described as psychic or paranormal. The first society conduct organized scholarly research into human experiences that challenge contemporary scientific models. It does not, however, since its inception in 1882, hold any corporate opinions. SPR members assert a variety of beliefs with regard to the nature of phenomenon studied. So, Psy Research. Organized and discussed... Uh, the, uh, okay. the Society for Physical Research originated from a discussion between journalist Edmund Rogers and the physicist William F. Barrett in the autumn of 1881. This led to a conference on the 5th and 6th of January, 1882, at the headquarters of the British National Association of Spiritualists, at which a foundation of the society was proposed. The committee included Barrett Rogers, Stanton Moses, Charles Massey, Edmund Gurney, Hensley Wedwood, and Frederick H. Myers. The Society for Physical Research was formally constituted on the 20th of February, 1882, with philosopher Henry Sedgwick as its first president. It was the first organization of its kind in the world to approach these very problems without prejudice or prepositions of any kind, in the same spirit of exact or unimpassioned inquiry which has enabled science to solve so many problems, once not less obscure nor less hotly debated. Other early members included the author Jane Barlow, the renowned chemist Sir William Crookes, physicist Sir Oliver Lodge, Nobel laureate Charles Rickshirt, artist Louis Charles Powells, and psychologist William James. Members of the SPR initiated and organized the International Congress of Parapsychology and Experimental Psychology. Areas of study include hypnotism, disassociation, thought transference, mediumship, the Reichenbach phenomenon of apparitions and haunted houses, and the physical phenomenon associated with seances. The SPR were to introduce a number of neologisms which have entered the English language, such as telepathy, which was coined by Frederick Myers. The society is run by a president and a council of 20 members. It is open to interested members of the public to join. The organization is based at 1 Vernon News, London, with a library and office open to members and with a large book and archival holdings in Cambridge University Library, Cambridgeshire, England, it publishes a peer-reviewed quarterly journal, Society for Physical Research, the irregular proceedings, and the magazine *Paranormal Review*. It holds an annual conference, regular lectures, and two study days per year, and supports the Lexicon Online Library Project. With the Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere. the Society for Physical Research. And, and it lays the foundation for the history of ghost hunting. Now, that's not to say there weren't other people that were involved in weird paranormal experiments before this and that weren't attempting to reach out to creatures and beings that were outside of this world. Uh, for me, one that comes to mind right off the top of my head when I think of people like that are Edward Kelly and John D. These guys were conjuring up angels as far as they were concerned and translating the Enochian language of the angels into script that they can understand here on earth. <clears throat> and that was during the reign of the Emperor Rudolf II of the Holy Roman Empire. So this is kind of how far back we're going. You know. Uh <clears throat> Where are we at? Okay. Ghost hunting popularized in the 2000s by television series such as Most Haunted and Ghost Hunters. Combined with the increasing availability of high-tech equipment, the Atlantic Paranormal Society reported a double digit in their memberships A doubling in their memberships in the late 2000s, attributing this to television programs. Despite its lack of acceptance in academic circles, the popularity of ghost hunting reality TV shows have influenced a number of individuals to take up the pursuit. Small businesses offering ghost hunting equipment and paranormal investigation services increased in the early 2000s. Many offer electromagnetic field meters, infrared sensors, and devices billed as ghost detectors. The paranormal boom is such that some small ghost hunting related businesses are enjoying increased profits through podcasting and website advertising, books, DVDs, videos, and other commercial enterprises. One ghost hunting group called A Midwest Haunting, based in McComb, Illinois, reported that the number of people asking to take tours had tripled, jumping from about 600 in 2006 rather, to 1,800 in 2008. Others, such as Mary Cuff of Ohio Spirit Seekers, I'm sorry, Idaho Spirit Seekers, pointed to increased traffic on their website and message board as an indication that their ghost hunting was becoming more accepted. Participants say that ghost hunting allows them to enjoy the friendship of like minded people and actively pursue their interest in the paranormal. According to Jim Willis of Ghosts of Ohio, his group membership had doubled, growing to 30 members since it was founded in 1999 and includes both true believers and total skeptics. Willis says his group is looking for answers one way or another, and that skepticism is a prerequisite for those who desire to be taken seriously in this field. Author John Potts says the present-day pursuit of amateur ghost hunting can be traced back to the spiritualist era and early organizations founded to investigate paranormal phenomena, like uh, like London's The Ghost Club, a paranormal investigation and research group founded in London in 1682. Believed to be such uh, the oldest such organization in the world. Though history has not been contentious, the club has traditionally investigated ghosts and hauntings, but has diversified into UFOs dowsing cryptozoology. It has its roots in Cambridge in 1855, where fellows at Trinity College began to discuss ghosts and psychic phenomena. Launched officially in London in 1862, it counted Charles Dickens and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle among its members. One of the earliest investigations was that of the Davenport brothers and their spirit cabinet hoax. The club challenged the Davenport's claim of contacting the dead. The group continued to undertake practical investigations of spiritualist phenomenon, a topic then in vogue, meeting to discuss ghostly subjects. The ghost club dissolved in the 1870s following the death of Dickens. The club was revived on All Saints Day, 1882, by the medium Stanton Moses and Arlach Alfred Watts, initially claiming to be the original founders without acknowledging its origins. In 1882, the Society for Physical Research, with whom there was an initial overflap, was founded at a similar time. While the SPR was a body devoted to scientific study, the Ghost Club remained selective and secretive organization of convinced believers for whom psychic phenomena were an established fact. Stanton Moses resigned from the vice presidency of the SPR in 1886 and thereafter devoted himself to the Ghost Club. Membership was small, 82 members over 54 years, and women were not allowed. But during this period, it attracted some of the most original and controversial minds in physical research. These included Sir William Crookes, Sir Oliver Lodge, Nandor Fodor, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. The archives of the club revealed that the names of its members, both living and dead, were solemnly recited each November 2nd. Each individual, living or dead, was recognized as a member of the club. On more than one occasion, deceased members were believed to have made their presence felt. Also involved were the poets W.B. Yeats, who joined in 1911, Frederick Bly Bond, who joined in 1925, who became infamous with his investigations into spiritualism at Glastonbury, Blybond later left the country and became active in the American Society for Physical Research. He was ordained into the old Catholic Church and rejoined the club on his return to Britain in 1935. <clears throat> the principal of Jesus College, Cambridge, Arthur Gray, fictionalized the Ghost Club in his 1919 as the Everlasting Club, in a ghost story that many still believe to be true. The 20th century's move from seance room investigations to laboratory based research meant the ghost club fell out of touch with contemporary psychic research harry price famous for his investigations into borley rectory joined as a member in 1927 as did psychologist nandor fodor who represented the changing approach to physical research taking place with attendance failing the club closed in 1936 after 485 meetings the Ghost Club records were deposited in the British Museum under the Provisio. They were, remained closed until 1962 out of respect for confidentiality. Within 18 months, Price relaunched the Ghost Club as a society during dining event where physical researchers and mediums delivered after-dinner talks. Price decided to admit women to the club, also specifying it was not a spiritualist church or association, but a group of skeptics that gathered to discuss paranormal topics. Members of this period included C.E.M. Joad, Sir Gillian Huxley, Algernon Blackwood, Sir Olspert Sitwell, and Lord Amwell. Following Prince's death in 1948, the club was again relaunched by members of the committee, Philip Paul and Peter Underwood. From 1962, Underwood served as the president. Many clubs accounts uh, of the club activities are also found in his books. In the early 60s, two young men, Theodore Carey and Patrick Hewitt, brought the club back to national prominence, when they established a chapter in Harrison Township, Michigan. Tom Perry had joined the club in 67 and served as chairman from 71 to 1993. In 93, the club underwent a period of internal disruption during which Underwood left to become the life president of another society he revived called the Ghost Club Society. The Ghost Club later expanded to remit, uh, uh, its remit rather, to include the study of UFOs, dowsing, cryptozoology, and similar topics. Yeah, so it looks like these guys were uh, they were ha- hanging out with some uh, pretty uh, movers and shakers in the world at the time. Of course, Charles Dickens, the English writer and social critic. Charles Babbage, a polymath, a mathematician, philosopher, inventor, mechanical engineer, and a man who originated the concept of a digital programmable computer. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the writer and physician who created Sherlock Holmes. Uh, English broadcasting narrator. Conservationist. Peter Cushing. Did not see that coming. Peter Cushing, the English actor. From the Hammer Horror Films. He was also a member. So that's interesting to note. Very interesting to note as well. Also a member of the Ghost Club or a revived version of it in those times. So uh, so we can see that one was invested in science, the other invested in belief either way. <clears throat> Very interesting stuff. And we take into account all the possibilities and the history therein. popularity of ghost hunting has led to some injuries. Unaware that a haunted house in Worthington, Ohio was occupied, a group of teenagers stepped on the edge of the property to explore. The homeowner fired on the teenager's automobile as they were leaving, seriously injuring one. And then a woman hunting for ghosts was killed in a fall from the University of Toronto building while hunting ghosts. An offshoot of ghost hunting is commercial ghost tours conducted by a local guide or tour operator who is often a member of a local ghost hunting or paranormal investigation group. Since both the tour operators and owners of the reported haunted property share profits for such enterprises, admission typically ranges between $50 and $100 per person. Some believe the claims of hauntings are exaggerated or fabricated in order to increase attendance. The city of Savannah, Georgia, is said to be the American city with the most ghost tours, having more than 31 As of the year 2003. And uh, let's talk about some notable uh, investigators over time. There's been some notable investigators. Of course, Harry Prince, who we mentioned earlier. He was a parapsychologist, psychic researcher, and author who gained prominence for his investigations into physical phenomenon after his exposing of fraudulent spiritualist mediums. He was well-known for his well-publicized investigation of the reported haunting at the Borley Rectory in Essex, England. His exploits were given wide exposure in the book Harry Price, Biography of a Ghost Hunter by Paul Tavori. He was also a long-standing member of the Ghost Club based in London. He joined the Society for Physical Research in 1920 and used his knowledge of stage magic to debunk debunk fraudulent mediums. In 1922, he exposed the spirit photographer William Hope That same year, he traveled to Germany together with Eric Dingwall and investigated William Schneider, Willie Schneider, at the home of Baron Albert von Schreck in Munich. In 1923, Price exposed the medium Jan Gerzik. According to Price, the man was clever, especially with his feet, which were almost as useful to him as his hands in producing phenomenon. Price wrote the photographs depicting ectoplasm of the medium Eva Clary, taken with the Shrek-looking artificial and two-dimensional made from cardboard and newspaper portraits. There were no scientific controls, as both her hands were free. In 1920, she was investigated by physical researchers in London. An analysis of her ectoplasm revealed it was made of chewed paper. She was also investigated in 1922, and the results of the tests were negative. In 1925, Prince investigated Maria Sherbert, and caught her using her feet and toes to move objects in the seance room. He also investigated the direct voice mediumship of George Valentine in London. In the seance, Valentine claimed to have contacted the spirit of the composer Luigi Ardenti speaking in Italian. Price wrote down every word that was attributed to Ardini, and they were found to be word-for-word matches of an Italian phrase book. So price was debunking fraudulent mediums. You know, and Houdini did that for a time as well. He took it upon himself to get down into the uh into the world of mediumship and debunking some of these people who were out there being uh fraudulent. You know what I mean? Do you pick down what i you picking up what I'm putting down? Well, anyway, let me see here something. Let me see here something real quick. Okay. It's very important to keep your eye on the time when you do a show like this. you got to keep your eye on time when you run a program. you got to know what's going on. There's a lot of gears moving. And with so many moving gears, you have to be ready for them all. And that's why we say, hey, welcome to Halftime. Hey there, hi there, how you doing? Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. This is the halfway portion of the show. What I like to do halfway through the show is reach out to you, who might be new, and say hey, subscribe, and click the notification bell so you never miss a live stream or an upload. We do this every Monday through Friday at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with brand new topics from the world of the strange. And if that's up your alley, I hope you'll come back and join us again. We've got a great community here, the night people, the community of the curious, who join together each night to delve into these fun topics, and that's what we do. We get into them and talk about them, and that's where we're headed with the second half of the show, a conversation about what we've learned so far. Where do we stand in the idea of ghost hunting? Is it a mundane pastime for those interested in spiritualist ideas, or is it truly a path to understanding things about our world we may or may not know? I don't know. What I do know is that there is a link down in the description of this video I would ask you to check out as well. It's one link to rule them all, baby. It'll take you everywhere you need to go. It'll take you to other sites I create content for, including Odyssey, BitChute, and Spotify. It'll take you to my uh, social media. That includes Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And it'll also take you to ways you can help support the stream if you're so inclined to do so. Those include PayPal patreon for a dollar a month quarter a week less than the price of a cup of coffee and it really helps out or if you don't like patreon you can use subscribe star i've got that as well and there's also the spring store with fun merchandise inspired by all the weird things we talk about here and i hope you check it out and find something you like. back to the show folks with the lucky land sluts you can get lucky just about anywhere Thank you for allowing me the two-minute spiel. I do that every night, uh, halfway through the show, just to kind of reset the room and do a little housekeeping. And we try to keep it fun and exciting. You know, it is silly. It is silly, but you got to do all those YouTube things. (laughs) You know, it's uh, it's just a matter of how it works. Maxwell Angs, we'll have to catch the second half in the AM. Have a good evening, everyone. Well, thank you for sticking around for the first half, Maxwell Angs. It was good to see you. Have a great night, and uh, thanks for catching the replay. And everybody who's catching the replay, thank you for checking it out. No way. It's Scratch. How you doing, Scratch? What is up? Nicole C., has anyone here actually gone ghost hunting themselves in real life? You know, that's a great question, Nicole. That is a great question. So let's see. Do we have any ghost hunters in the house tonight? If we have any ghost hunters in the house, let me know one in the chat. If you've been on a ghost hunt, if you have gone to the the world of the spirits to try to seek out, their existence, I want to know about it. I want to hear if there's real ghost hunters out there. Alva Yarter, yes. Alva Yartor, Dana the Powerful, also has been ghost hunting. So there we go. We have some ghost hunters in the chat tonight. Milton Knowles, the insane witch king. I have been involved with some ghost hunters, and I've exercised a few. So Milton Knowles is just cranking it up a notch. Not only is he easy at finding the ghosts. But he's making him cross over to the other side. He's sending him off, packing. The lovely Sherry says, Hello, creepy little book. Well, hello, the lovely Sherry. How do you do? Jesse Miller at the Crows Nest points out that D- Connecticut has Dudley Town. I've always wanted to go there, but it's a criminal trespass, not to mention bad juju. Yeah, Dudley Town. Uh, somebody sent me a book. Dudley Town was in there uh, about the ghost of Connecticut. The creepiest abandoned town in Connecticut. An abandoned settlement in Northwest Connecticut, best to, uh, known today as a ghost town. Since the 20s, the land has been maintained by philanthropists and a private land trust who worked to reforest the land after decades of agricultural use. Few traces such as cellar rolls remain of the original village. Due to rumors of ghost activity beginning in the 80s, the village site has been subject to frequent vandalism and owners have since closed the land to the public. Visitors to the site are subject to arrest for trespassing. Local rumors have frequently shared on the internet alleged the founders of Town were descendants from Edmund Dudley, an English nobleman who was beheaded for treason during the reign of King Henry VIII. From that moment on, the Dudley family was placed under a curse, which followed them across the Atlantic to America. The curse is blamed for instances of crop failures and mental illness in the village. Local historians have found no geographic, genealogical link between the Dudley family of Cornwall and the English nobleman. However, they have noted many other factual inconsistencies in the rumors. The village's decline has instead been attributed to its distance from clean drinking water and soils not well suited for cultivation. One confirmed case of suicide in the village residence took place in New York State rather than within Cornwall. Since the 90s, the police in Cornwall have responded to numerous cases of vandalism. The 1999 movie The Blair Witch Project, about a haunted, prom, uh, of, prompt, uh, about a haunted forest, prompted increased interest in the alleged haunted village the increasing frequency of such incidents. The owners of Dudley Town property have closed it to the public. Neighbors and the Connecticut State Police keep a lookout for trespassers regularly, and they are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Well, how much are they going to get you for for trespassing? In the haunted place. Why do they want you to stay out of that haunted place so bad? That's weird. That's a weird one, Jess. That is a weird one. Dudley Town. Hold on. I got something open. I got to close here. Now, look, we're just just being silly now. Okay. All right. Sorry, folks. I'm not stuck. I'm not frozen. Uh, I'm still here. I'm just getting some clean. I'm just cleaning some stuff up, getting organized. Sometimes it just takes me a second to get organized, you know? Sometimes you just need a minute. Sometimes you just need a second to control it, to get it all in place, to set it up real nice. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes. Anyway, uh, Super Chat coming in. Thank you, Ginger Viking Jesus. Very, very kind of you. Ginger Viking Jesus says, Atlanta is the ghost capital of the USA. Nexus, perhaps. A home of lost souls? What are y'all's thoughts? The... Connecticut College of Arboretum is haunted, uh, F-A-F. So, that's a good question. Could Atlanta, the ghost capital of the USA, be a nexus for spirits? Or could it just be a place where so much has happened over the years? that it lends itself to the spirit world. And thank you again, Ginger. <clears throat> Jesse Miller the Christmas why no memberships for UP? Well, I thought about it. Uh, and then I went to set it up over the weekend and it took a little more time than I thought it was going to be to set up. And I just haven't set enough time up for the purpose of doing it. Also, I don't know what to to offer uh, at different levels, nor do I have any custom emojis to provide. So I really don't have anything to offer uh, as far as memberships go beyond the content I already produce. So I kind of feel like I'm double dipping because I've got a Patreon. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll set one up. Maybe I'll do it. I just, you know. (laughs) Bad comics reviews. I had a drunken roommate in college. He was a nexus of spirits. Oh, you mean the spooky kind? Yes, yes. That's right. I'm a nexus of spirits. You stream constantly, make one of them members only. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Or maybe throw in something on a Sunday night for members only. I don't know. Bianca Zombie, what's up? It's good to see you. What was up, Bianca Zombie? There was no Nurkish tonight. I didn't see any Nurkish on this evening. I was very let down. Did you know about this too? I didn't know about it until there was no show. Elvis Shredding. Hey, everybody. I'm a Cubs fan and a Bud, man. There we go. White Label Mabels, Budweiser's. <laughs> Nurkish is a gift. It's true. Jesse Miller, Nurkish is always funny. It really is. I can't believe some of the stuff Nerkish uh, says. It just blows my mind. Dana Powerful says, Don't give YouTube more money. <clears throat> yeah, there's like I said, there's if you if you'd like to contribute to the financial success of the show, you can do so in ways that are around that. Like, like I said, there's PayPal, there's Patreon, there's Subscribestar, and there's the merch. So, like, you know, if you want to get more bang for your buck, if you want to pick up something that's gonna last, something you'll have to show for your money, then check out the store. You know, that's what I recommend. Oh, uh, guys, the Discord link is up in the top of the chat, too. I forgot to mention that at the show. uh, We were talking the show here. Yeah, but the Discord link is up at the top of the chat. So uh, other notable ghost hunters include Ed and Lorraine Warren. American paranormal investigators and authors associated with prominent reports of hauntings from the 1950s to the present. Edward was a World War II U.S. Navy veteran and former police officer who became a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, author, and lecturer. Lorraine professed to be a clairvoyant and a light trance medium who worked closely with her husband. In 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. They authored numerous books about the paranormal and their private investigations into various reported claims of paranormal activity. They claim to have investigated over 10,000 cases during their career. They have been involved in various supernatural claims, such as the Sneckdecker family, the Enfield poltergeist, and the Smurl haunting, as well as claims of demonic possession and the trial of Arne Cheyenne Johnson. The Warrens are best known for their involvement in the 1966 76 Amityville horror, in which the New York couple George and Kathy Lutz claimed their house was haunted by a violent demonic presence so intense it eventually drove them out of their home. The Amityville horror conspiracy author Stephen and Roxanne Kaplan criticized the harker characterized the case as a hoax. Lorraine Warren told a reporter for the Express Times newspapers the Amityville horror was not a hoax. The reported haunting was basis for the 1977 book, The Amityville Horror, which was adapted into the 1979 and 2005 movies of the same name, while also serving as inspiration for the film series that followed. The Warrens' versions of events is particularly adapted and portrayed in the opening sequence of The Conjuring 2. According to Benjamin Radford, the story was refuted by eyewitnesses, investigations, and forensic evidence. In 1979, William Weber reportedly stated that he... Jay Anson and the occupants invented the horror story over many bottles of wine. General criticism of the Warrens include those by skeptic Perry DeAngelis and Steven Novella, who investigated the Warrens evidence and described it as Blarney skeptical investigator, Joe Nickel and Ben Radford also concluded the more famous hauntings such as Amityville did not happen and had been invented. Stories and ghost hauntings popularized by the Warrens have been adapted or have indirectly inspired dozens of films, television series and documentaries including 17 films in the Amityville Horror Series, six films in the Conjuring universe, including Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle Comes Home, and a spinoff prequels of The Conjuring. According to a survey conducted in October 2008 by the Associated Press and Ipsos, 34% of Americans say they believe in the existence of ghosts. Moreover, a Gallup poll conducted on June 6th through 8th, uh, 2005, show that one-third of Americans believe that ghosts exist, with that belief declining with age. Having surveyed three countries, the U.S., Canada, and Great Britain, the poll also mentioned that more people believed in haunted houses than any other paranormal items tested, with 37% of Americans, 28% of Canadians, and 40% of Britons believing. In 2002, the National Science Foundation identified haunted houses, ghosts, and communication with the dead among pseudoscientific beliefs. Well, take this, National Science Foundation, and put this in your pipe and smoke it. Pseudoscientific or not, I believe in the ghost hunters. I believe they're out there doing the work. While regular science is just me, I don't know. I'm not sure... Uh, Ginger Viking Jesus says, I have seen a freeform mist, spirit, entity, and ghost light along Gallows Lane behind Connecticut College and the Arboretum. Well, there you go, Ginger. You've seen an apparition. Uh, and, and you say that with confidence, I believe. So I think that I'm, uh, you know, uh, inclined to believe you and and i would say i'm jealous of your experience because like i said i've never seen uh an apparition or a ufo or a bigfoot or anything of that kind Ginger and Jesus says it said that witches were put on trial there and hung. And the only reason I can think of it wasn't hurt or had feelings of dread is being a witch myself. Oh, Ginger. Ginger, Ginger. Witchcraft, Ginger. Witchcraft is a sin. The Crooked Trail points out ghosts are everywhere. I agree with that. I think there are ghosts everywhere. I think they permeate the atmosphere. I think they're all over the place. I think we people might have seen ghosts and not have known it. You know, because I think sometimes these ghosts could look just like people. Ginger says, don't be jealous. All I felt was sadness and fear. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'd be uh, a, a mix of awe. I think awe would get me. You know, I think I'd be over, overcome with awe and, and, and wonder. I saw an apparition in one of the houses I lived in. It was an older man in khaki slacks and a plaid shirt. My cousin saw the same thing there. That confirmed to me what I saw, points out Team Timbazewski. Wait a minute, no one. Hold on. Wait a second. No one. I just got your Christmas card in my P.O. box. I just got it. I'm glad you're here so I can mention it because I got your Christmas card. With the uh, trading cards of cryptids that you sent. So I wanted to say something. And I see that you're here. So now I can say something. So thank you, no one, for taking the time to send me a Christmas card all those months ago. Sorry, I'm only getting to it now. Uh, Didn't realize it was in there with some of that other mail. But, uh, But it was in there. And I got these cool cryptid cards. Uh, yeah, these, these little uh, Metazoo, I think they're called. Uh, I'll show these off real quick so you can all take a look here. There we go. There's a, a glare. Yeah, but it looks like that's a, a flying monkey creature. And then... Uh, there's a little troll-looking guy. Thank you. Thank you for ta- taking, the, taking the time and for thinking of me. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you were here that I could bring this up. Mm-hmm. Black Death Gaming. Can we hunt something caused by dimensional overlap? Hunting and first capturing or killing, they might only be able to observe ghosts. Very good, very good Black Death Gaming. And hey, everybody, uh, while you're here, uh, let me recommend you check out Black Death Gaming if you're interested in gaming. Uh, I've been following them. You should follow them, too. It's people you know. It's, you know, Jesse Miller and uh, Chef Carolyn, uh, Lindsay the Cynical Geek, uh... You know, check them out. Black Death Gaming, doing fun stuff over there. But uh, maybe you're right. Maybe it's like stone tape theory. Maybe we're only able to observe these ghosts rather than actually, uh, you know, interfere with them in some kind of way. Junior Viking Jesus is mon Gotta catch them all. Cheers. Uh, Jesse Miller points out that's me too. I figured that was you too, Jesse. And Boosh. Can't forget Boosh. If you had 52, you could play poker with those cards. You're right. Elroy Shredding says, my theory is people don't see ghosts with their eyes, so they don't physically perceive them with their ocular senses. It's a direct communication soul to soul or mind to mind, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Okay, I can see something like that, where it's like something uh, more intuitive than it is physical. Cryptomon. Thanks again, Ginger Viking Jesus. Thank you for the $2. Thank you. Elroy says, that's why sometimes ghosts are not picked up on camera and people see them and sometimes it's the opposite. You know, I I think it is an aspect of it. Sometimes you do see evidence caught on cameras. Sometimes you do see physical evidence on people who claim to be scratched or pushed or grabbed by these creatures. But uh, that's kind of all anecdotal. David Frank, I saw an apparition. It didn't find out who it was till ten years later. Well, that's cool finding out who it is. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even have that kind of closure. So, I mean, I, I mean, that's a long time to wait. But at least you got an answer at the end of this ten-year period. You know what I mean? That's creepy, though. I, I you know, to see an apparition. Do they get to that point where they're they're right there in front of you? Taking shape, appearing in a form that can be perceived. It's so strange. You know, especially when we're talking about the spirits of the deceased. How is any of this possible? You know, and I like the idea of ghosts because it opens up the doorway to the afterlife. And I think it provides some kind of solace for people to think that maybe you could reach out into the ether and communicate with people who you've lost or loved or both. Uh. Jesse Miller points out the ghost I saw when I was eight was an old lady that passed in our house two owners before my parents. Yeah, I remember you telling us your ghost story some time back. Yeah, there was that ghost you witnessed uh, when you were a young boy. That's uh, scary stuff. Scary stuff. But you know that 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 for me would inspire a curiosity in the paranormal that would that would stick with me lifelong. You know. David Frank says his apparition wasn't creepy. It just seemed odd. Why is this person in 1930s clothes standing there? So out of place. The surrealness of that, I think, would get to me. You know, just the surreal surreal nature of that. The Crooked Trail says I was an atheist for 20 years. Until the ghost of someone I love came and spoke to me in a language that I understood. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. Crooked trail. That'll really do it. That'll shake you to the core. Uh, I'm just getting the chat here. Allison, hello, PT and everyone here tonight. Why do some people see only one or two entities when so many people have died? Uh, I think because most people cross over to the other side. I think it's an abnormality for people to hang out and become a ghost. Mark Delphi Music says, I know someone who believes in ghosts but says they're an atheist. How does that work? I don't think it does. You can believe in an afterlife and not believe in God. I don't know how, but a lot of people believe a lot of things. Jesse Miller suggests the afterlife is a mix of everything, personally. I like the Swedenborgian model of the afterlife quite a bit. The idea where you kind of just, uh, you know, it's very much like the living world in a lot of regards. I'd like to think it was like that. It would seem silly to kind of prepare us for eternity in the afterlife for a world that was so alien to this one that it would be imperceivable for us to understand, you know? but i mean that's just me anyway folks we are coming up on the end of the stream so i'm going to play you a quick video and i'll be right back to say goodnight. this kind of broadcasting only works in this country here in america we put on the programs that you enjoy then we simply come to you and ask you to support them help this system of broadcasting work we need to hear from you we also are looking for a lot of new subscribers right now So please, become a new subscriber and help us reach our goal of 12,000 new subscribers. But the most important thing is to get that money in and into our studios right away so that we can bring you more programs like this. And you can do that on a Visa, MasterCard, or American Express. All right, folks. I like it to be nice and positive when we say goodnight, very upbeat. So listen, first of all, if you are watching live on YouTube, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you tuning in live with us night after night, day after day as we delve into the world of the weird. If you are watching live on YouTube, also thank you to our moderator here, Tina Tomaszewski, for watching us out in the uh, live chat. For the rest of you out there in the world, listening to wherever you find the show at, whether that be on BitChute or Odyssey or Spotify or right here on YouTube, watching after the fact, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for your hour. I know you can spend it doing whatever, but if you're listening to this, well, thanks. That said, I want to say thank you to Near Earth Oddity, Deranged Lunatic, Christina Gomez Ginger Viking Jesus And Mysteries Mystery School Coming in now for $11.11 Thank you Mysteries Mystery School Have blissful sleep All And be safe Thank you Mysteries Mystery School Very kind of you, thank you very much And Ginger Viking Jesus Coming back with another $5 super chat That says critical hit go ahead thank you thanks so much thank you very much thank you one and all All alright as I said thanks for being here tonight folks thanks for hanging out I hope you had a good time hope you learned something new hope you had fun I did I definitely did the ghost club society for paranormal research Learned something new tonight and we had fun while doing it. So, listen, that's gonna do it for me. Thanks again for being here. Don't forget to check out the link in the description of this video. It's gonna take you to Odyssey, BitChute, and Spotify, as well as uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, and my sites for supporting the show, which include PayPal, Patreon, Subscribestar, and the Teespring Store. And you can find links to all of that down in the description of this video. One link's going to take you to all those places. So follow it. Check it out. The link to the Discord is pinned to the top of the chat if you want to join the Discord. So uh, it's, it's there for you guys. Anyway, that's going to do it for me. This has been the Creepy Little Book. I've been your host, Pete. And until next time, stay creeped out.